What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. It's Chris Mania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, oh, with the powerful you. questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Well, hello again, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Chris Van Vliet Show. And thank you so, so much for making this a top 10 wrestling podcast in the world. And if you've been watching my interviews, you'll know that a year ago I had Mickey James on the show. Actually, it was exactly a year ago because it was at last year's Royal Rumble in Phoenix. She said, you know who you should interview, Chris? You should interview my husband. And I said, uh, yeah, like 100%. So I've been in contact with Nick Aldis since then. So a year ago trying to line things up and it wasn't until this past weekend at nwa's hard time pay-per-view i made the eight hour drive to atlanta to do this interview with him which is awesome and six other interviews so seven interviews in total so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of those but i I don't need i don't need to tell you that i know you're already subscribed because you're listening right Thank you for subscribing. Also, take a screenshot. Tag me, tag Nick. Let us know what you think of this interview. Let us know what uh, stands out for you. And so many of you have been leaving these five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for that. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. It's the most important thing and the most helpful thing you can do to help the growth of the show. The specific goal for this year is 1,000 reviews. We're at 630 right now, and it's not even the end of January yet. So I think we're... I think we're doing okay. Drum 77 says, CLE loves the CVV. I love Cleveland, so thank you. Great job on asking the real questions. This is the podcast to listen to. CVV is the real deal. Well, Drum 77 thanks for leaving that review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, I love Cleveland. Miss it. I got to get back there soon. Um, I spent five years in Cleveland, but I've only been back once for like two days. So Cleveland, I'm coming for you soon. And yes, I'm still a Cleveland Browns fan. It's painful. But yeah, still a Cleveland Browns fan. So NWA has something very special going on. Uh, If you've been watching Power, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't watched an episode yet, you're totally missing out. Although you wouldn't be listening to this interview with Nick Aldis if you haven't been watching Power. 
I think the two go hand in hand. They have this amazing combination of nostalgia and present-day wrestling mashed together. Nick Aldis is the world's heavyweight champion, or as he'll tell you, the real world's heavyweight champion. And he's had a really interesting journey to get here. You might know him as Magnus from TNA, where he was a world champion. But as he describes it in this interview, I think pretty well, he says he's both the most overrated and underrated guy. People always say, oh, yeah, Nick Aldis, eh, overrated. Or Nick Aldis, man, that guy is underrated. And I think he's exactly right. That is, unfortunately, how a lot of people feel about him. But NWA is just the perfect fit. And he's such a nice guy. I loved this conversation with him. And I know that you will, too. Give it up for the national treasure, Nick Aldis. Well, thank you for bringing this with you. Hey, no problem. I understand that that's the uh, that's part of the part of the act. That's what people want to see. But that, I mean, well, they want to see you as well. Sure. Yes, sure, but sure. you've had this for so long. Yeah. That you guys are you know merged here. Yeah, yeah. Just having this conversation with someone downstairs is just um, you reach that point where you're you know if if when part of your act is sort of you're known as being the world champion, you know, and it's like, that's, it's good, but it's also, you know, more, more pressure. Cause then it's kind of like, all right, what, what about when you're not, you know? Yeah. But I always felt like that about Bret Hart. Like he was my hero and it's like, but you know, even when he wasn't the champion, it was kind of like, you feel like, well, that's, he's the champion, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's, what I always, that's how I always felt about Bret, you know? Well, I think with this new era of NWA, like you are synonymous with this championship. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that, that's what you, that's, that's what should be the, that should be the goal. I feel like of everyone in, in their promotion, they should want to be the, the franchise player of their promotion, Yeah, you know, uh, because then it's like you've, you've done your, you've done what you, you've done everything you can do now as an individual. Yeah. So now you're going to try to lift the rest of the, the, the business and the brand and everybody around you. And it's like, man, last night, the, the, the pay-per-view with, we you know close the show with the finals of the TV title tournament with Ricky Starks and Trevor Murdoch and it's like those two guys yeah. who we knew because of the work that they've all done and everyone and everyone on the team has done to and and the way the audience responded to those two guys we knew that 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 final they could carry it right. you know even after being out there two more times yeah and that, that's and, and yeah it all started with this you know I mean it all started here yeah. and that's that's a cool feeling very gratifying so Billy Corgan bought the NWA in 2017. Yeah. At what point did you start getting involved in conversations? Uh, quite, quite early on. I mean, uh, summer of 2017, I guess oh, wow. was, yeah. Cause, uh, Mickey and I were, we're in the process of, uh, house hunting or moving house. Hunt, I forget one or the other, but we were, we were, I just remember we were in a hotel, um, because we were, uh, looking for somewhere new to live <laughs> and not not like but just for the weekend we had sort of gone there just while we were um doing the last bit of stuff and dave called me and uh dave lagana and just kind of said what's going on with you mm. you know like, well, like what are you doing you know because <laughs> i mean i'd be, i'd just like fallen off the face of the earth in wrestling you know i just been like there because i th everyone just assumed that i would go to wwe like after i finished up with tna yeah uh, that didn't happen. And, uh, and it was like, I did some stuff with Jeff with, you know, global force and, you know, and uh, like whatever, and that kind of fizzled out. And I was just 
you know, bouncing around like on the independence, me and Mickey both were. And um, it was like, then she, she got the, she, you know, she got the opportunity to go back and she did the NXT match with Asuka, crushed it. Vince is like, bring it back full time, you know? Yeah. So then we kind of go, oh, well, that changes everything. <laughs> you know, so, so, um, uh, you know, and and Dave was, I think he was, you know, he was sort of in the same position as a lot of people where they were going, like, what is he? Are you, have you quit the business? What are you doing? You know, yeah. like, why, like, why are you not in WWE? And like, what, like, what, why, what else are you doing? You know, like, what's the deal? And I, I just very candidly told him that for whatever reason, there seems to be some sort of problem with WWE. And, uh, I just didn't really fit in anywhere else. Hmm. You know, like there was this this sort of new like this this new style had like taken such a hold on everything. Like this, you know, um celebrating this very sort of high impact, fast paced, you know, kind of high, high spot style. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it was kind of like, you know, you could that was where everybody was leaning that way. So of course nobody was really thinking, oh, let's have a guy like that. And so it was just one of those things, you know, you, you have hot and cold periods and I just was, you know, I was cold and I, and I just went, I, I don't know. Like I just said, there's just nothing really, there's nothing's grabbing me. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that's, that I, and if I don't have passion for it, like I can't, I can't commit, you know, and it's, and then he basically said, Billy bought the NWA. I said, yeah, I know. I remember seeing the headline and thinking, huh, I the thing that most surprised me about it was the fact that I had kept sort of half an eye on 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 all the the drama with tna with him you know with impact and like i just all i could think of was geez like he's, he's like just jumping right back in you know after all of that debacle right, and like yeah. millions of dollars and you know and just sort of all the, the stress and everything and i thought now he's bought the nwa and i remember thinking all right i wonder what he's gonna do with that and uh i didn't really give it another thought and then they've started explaining what their philosophy was and their vision for what they wanted to achieve and explained Billy's vision for, you know, the things he missed in wrestling. Because I have to explain, when Billy uh, came to Impact, he, literally his first day on the job was my last day. Oh, wow. So we, so we kind of, you know, we say, hey, how are you doing? Introduce, so we, he helped produce this one last thing I was in. And then it was kind of like, all right, bye. Wow. <laughs> so there was, so it was like, so there'd been this very, very brief uh, sort of professional interaction. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I described to Dave what I felt was missing in the industry, what I wanted to see more of in the industry and the stuff that grabbed me as a fan. And I basically said, look, I'm a boxing fan, but I'm not a boxing aficionado. Mm. I love boxing, but I'm not going to, I don't, I can't, I'm not going to watch two jabrones fight for no reason. Like I, I need to be invested. Right. So it's like Canelo triple G was that year. Like, uh, you know, obviously uh, Mayweather McGregor and they'd just done a fabulous job. Like they, you know, a once in a lifetime type of thing. And I go, what happened to the prize fight feel? Yeah. You know, like what happened to the prize fight approach to promoting? You know, I was like, Vince McMahon's the greatest promoter of all time, but yeah. now he's like an executive producer of this giant sort of Nickelodeon wrestling. You know what I mean? I and that's nothing against them. Like they're an incredible business model, but the, the promoter element has kind of gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there isn't that kind of, this is the match. Like, it's like there's another pay-per-view two weeks from now, you know, and it's, 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 too, it's, it's too much. Like, everything's just kind of 
it's a machine and and that's and again i can't say i would do anything differently because they are making money hand over fist sure but it left to me a, a gap in the market for okay so they're kind of doing their thing of like mcdonald's you know what i mean like they're going to be in every corner of the globe and everyone gonna you're gonna know what you're getting you know what i mean it's like it's it's reliable it's there it's the brand and then you've got like this you know new japan and 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 then you know the fledgling uh sort of promotions and then there's ring of honor at the time and they're kind of offering that 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 Mm, hipster wrestling you know like kind of like yeah. niche thing right like where it's kind of like the cool kid you know the cool kids wrestling and i went the, i think there's a bunch of people that miss like the classic like irresistible force immovable object here's yeah. the showdown who's gonna win like and who's gonna be the world champion the world champion and we just like i i got off the phone with dave and he goes, all right, well, let me, you know, let me, let me talk to Billy and you know, blah, blah, blah. Billy called me two minutes later <laughs> and was just like, just gushing about like Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher and like, oh, I said, no, I want to do, I want, I want, like, I want, I want a bunch of big raw bone men and I want like this and I want that and I want like this, I want to have this feeling, I want atmosphere and this and that. I said, great, you're speaking my language. Let's, yeah. You know, we can, we can absolutely do that. And between us all, we, it, you know, we formed what eventually became the 10 Pounds of Gold series yeah. because it was like, well, what can we do now? We don't have a ring. We don't have a roster. We don't have a, I think we, we have a brand. We have like, you know, you bought this, you bought this intellectual property yeah. and you have me, <laughs> you know, and we have Tim Storm. And it was like, we happened, what a gem, you know, like we just, it, I remember Dave saying to me, current champions, this guy called Tim Storm. And he's like, you know, he ain't Ricky Steamboat, but just let me know what you you know what I mean he's like just there's something about this guy right yeah. and they show and they show me this interview they did with Tim in the classroom because he's a teacher yeah and I just went oh, like that because the promoter in me like that's how I look at everything right like I look at a, a, an opponent I don't I don't look at somebody and think like oh yeah he's good like I immediately think like can I make money with him mm. you know because that's how I was taught. Like that's like the guys that I sat under the learning tree of, like Kevin Nash and Sting and you know Mick Foley and Kurt. Like they said, you know, just can you make money with someone? Right. You know, and I just I remember just looking and thinking immediately. I just went. The whole story is just right there. Like yeah. here's this honest to goodness, like you know, Texas good old boy. He's a school teacher. He's like the most likable human you could ever meet. He's just you know, and but he's also a big, imposing, raw-boned man, you know, like a real red-blooded male. Right. And then you've got this guy in his early 30s, you know, he's had lots of opportunities. He's, you know, he's, 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 he's a lot, in a lot of people's eyes, is this sort of typical example of like, you know, the, the, the blue chipper, a pro wrestler, you know, like this, you know, like, and it's like, and I've got I've got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder based on the sort of you know the, the trajectory of my career over the last couple of years, and he's just like, hey man, this is my mountaintop. Like this is the mm. you know, and it was just there was, just, and there's me basically declaring like I'm coming for that, you know, and it's this kind of like, oh wait, no, don't take it from him, you know, and and it just, it it, it spawned everything because people just kind of went, you seen this? Like we felt every day we would feel just a little bit more, just industry people and. Vanzi, 
yeah, yeah man that 10 pounds of gold thing's kind of, you know that caught me off guard it was interesting yeah, you know it and it's yeah I was, I, i'm so proud of those like you know go back and, and and this is this is interesting because we i basically had a bunch of bookings i had a bunch of independent bookings you know set so when when we kind of said okay we sort of roughly laid out like what we were going to do i just said well look i have I've got all these bookings already in place because I'd started doing some stuff with, with Tommy Dreamer for House of Hardcore and, and, and Tommy d- deserves some credit actually because right around the same time he had the same conversation with me where he went like why the hell is nobody tapping into you like what a reason you know what I mean he's kind of yeah. going like what the hell like why are you just sitting on the shelf right like and and he was like can you come and do some stuff at House of Hardcore he's like you're you know and I went and found uh, uh, James who did marty's original villain vignettes and i sat down with him and i made some we did some interview stuff we did some villain vignettes where i just where i um just candidly spoke about like i don't fit in anywhere yeah. you know and then yeah. i went f- and i said you know I, i've been i've been underrated and overrated my entire career it's the dumbest thing in wrestling right like I, literally every year of my career there's a bunch of people that say he's criminally underrated and then there'll be someone he's so overrated <laughs> you know it's like well, you, you, do you like him you like him or don't like him but that's it <laughs> But like I went and I just I did this did this uh, promo with with James and I went fitting in is overrated, mm. and it became like this little thing, and we were we were playing those vignettes on House of Hardcore and it, like that became that coincided with the NWA stuff. So then like we sort of married the two and and that really just that was like the whole thing. And then I said, look, we've got an opportunity here organically to recreate the traveling champion thing because yeah. I've got these bookings in Australia. I've got these bookings here. I've got the, you know, all over the country and the, and in Europe. And so we were able to, within the space of one year, you know, defended the title on four different continents. And it was like, and, and, and by then it was, you could just feel everybody kind of going, that's cool. You know, like right. retro cool. And was the, were you getting booked or was the championship getting booked? Well, originally I was, these were existing bookings, okay. right? So yeah. basically what happened was, um, the the, we, the the ten pounds of gold series started coming out, you know, and after about three or four episodes, people started going like, "Hey, this is pretty cool." Like, yeah. And so then, when I won the championship, we did the they did the surprise thing at, at CZW and everything. All of these promoters that I was booked for, I had bookings through like the next sort of five or six months, and uh, they all within the space of like forty eight hours. Right. Hey, can we make this an NWA championship match now? Like, this is so cool. You know, like, hey, would Dave, you know, would he come and film? Like, you know, can we, can we be part of like the 10 pounds of gold series and blah, blah, blah. So we started sort of making these deals with these. We're basically like, hey, you know, if you cover the expenses for, for Dave to come along and, yeah. you know, and we bootstrapped it. Like Dave, Dave and I have traveled <laughs> all over the world together. You know, it, like I wrestled in this, in a building in Belfast that was like below freezing, you know, we like went, you know, to China, Australia, like all over the place. And he's been with me, like with his camera, you know, getting all this stuff and, and making these pieces and just, we're, you know, just, just in real time. And, like, and then, you know, obviously as, as time progressed, we caught the attention of Cody and we just used everything as like, okay, what, what can help the overall growth of the NWA and, and in turn me. And I think that All In was a really big platform. Oh, 100%. You know, that, that was an incredible match with you and Cody, but that was a great platform for this championship. Sure. It became uh, the, the, 
the sort of the, the punctuation point of this, you know, that first year, yeah. because it was like to be able to look back and think by, you know, we, we literally started doing the 10 pounds of gold stuff around September of 17 and then September 18, it's like 10,000 bit. And I, and if you can go back and find, I forget, I don't know I don't know which episode, but there's one of the very early ones where I said, I'm visualizing defending this in a, full arena in a sold out building you have to yeah. it's the only way to do it you have to you have to believe and, and and i'm not talking about like spiritual you know mumbo jumbo i mean like you've got to have a hundred percent conviction and the courage enough to speak it and put it out there into the energy to say i'm gonna take this from from <laughs> you know <laughs> where it was to to i'm gonna you know i'm gonna make this feel like the real world championship again and you know so to then get to Cody and I and like you know that <laughs> no you know for fans I understand that the finish is it was the moment you know for them but for me the the opening bell was the moment yeah. that was my win you well, know the what rest I mean? of us were all crying at the end sure because <laughs> at the you know at the beginning Earl Earl does the instructions rings the bell and the whole place just stands you know and just starts yeah. rumbling and it's like you can't you can't you can't force that you can't you know create it it just has to happen and we and it's like that was the big win for me as the as the protagonist yeah antagonist sorry yes i'm the protagonist in the in the 10 pounds most of the time in the 10 pounds of gold but in that was the antagonist you, you mentioned it earlier why didn't things work out with wwe i don't know hmm. I, I honestly it's like and your wife works there it seems like it yeah would make sense. I, yeah that that's that's almost like I, that's almost kind of more of a problem ah like because then you then you're then i'm i'm looking at it then thinking well is this you know is this a favor or is this you know and or it or then it just becomes oh well that's just an extra you know complication we don't want to have to worry about the right. the reality is chris i that there's somebody there who is very very successful who, you know, for whatever reason, decided that he didn't want to have anything to do with me, hmm. you know, because of some of his actions on a personal level. And I just, you know, it's one of those weird things. They can't, like, there's, there's no way to address it. And uh, I just, I had, you know, and it, I had, I've had conversations with him over the years. And I just, and I honestly, I just got to a point where I just went, uh, I, I'm done chasing that dragon, you know, like yeah. it's uh, ultimately what's my vision here? To, that, is it to be yeah. in the WWE or is it to be a big time pro wrestler? Because you don't, you know, yeah, there's one, one way obviously provides a much quicker path to the other, but it's not the only path. Yeah. And that one person is probably not going anywhere in WWE. So you've created a much better thing here on your own. Sure. And you know, uh, and, and, and what I realized was, well, if if that's the case, and of course no one will confirm or deny, right? Like everyone just, well, I don't know. But, we can all speculate, though. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. But here's the thing: if that if that is the case, then what would happen if I did go? You know, like it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't make any difference even if I did go because it would, clearly it wouldn't be, it would still be problematic. So it's just like, <laughs> all right, cool. Like, yeah, I'll go I'll go over here and make a big deal. You know, make a big deal of something else. When, when you were kind of in that limbo period, 
before everything happened with NWA. What was the plan? Uh, I, well, like I said, I had started talking to James about, you know, doing some, because Marty, Marty was a bit inspiration, you know what I mean? Because for so many years, you know, he, he'd been sort of struggling and toiling and right. And trying to yeah. get, you know, trying to get something to work for himself. He's also think. the overrated, <laughs> underrated guy. Oh yeah. 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 hundred percent. And, um, and then suddenly, you know, the villain hits and it's like, and he's off to the races and it's like bullet club and, you know, and he's, he's like, he's a hot, hot property. Right. And, um, so there was, you know, there was some, some very, very early kind of talks with Ring of Honor and like different, you know, but it was like, I, I knew that I had to find, like I needed to, I needed a reinvention, you know what I mean? I needed to sort of reestablish shows because everyone's memory was just this product of TNA, yeah. you know, like they had never really seen Nick Aldis, you know, they had seen the entire, my entire TNA career is a struggle of me trying to <laughs> me trying to do me and whoever was in charge at the time trying to trying to say no you're this guy this is what you are you know and so i'd always find somewhere in the middle and it didn't work you know and it's like even was the world champion it was just like uh, you know <laughs> and, and then like once i suddenly went well, i can do what i want i can now i can okay cool like you you can shape the character yeah like that that's why I, I tell young guys now like it's progressed just in the span of my career it's progressed from you used to send send a promo picture you know by email then it was like then you had to send a a promo picture and a link to a youtube you know maybe a youtube link or or a video of a match yeah now you like now you've got to produce vignettes you know like (laughs) if you're going to stand out you know if you're going to get booked and you know you're going to make it make an impression like now you've got to like produce you know you've got to like be a producer and director like like ricky starks perfect example i happened to see somebody retweet you know like his his uh 1-800 starks line vignettes and i just i just took one look and went sent it straight to david billion went "I i don't know if this guy i don't know anything about this guy but i can i can make a pretty safe bet that if he's willing to invest that much in himself, he's good. So you, you know? were the guy that put Ricky Starks in there. Yes. Oh wow. Absolutely. Wow. So I saw. I happened to. I came across the vignette on Twitter, and went, "That guy's money." But this is the world we live in now. There's no. There's no gatekeepers anymore. Mm-mm. You know, we don't have to have a vignette produced by NWA or Impact or WWE. You can go out with your phone. Yes. And some decent editing software. Yes. Yes. And do what Ricky's doing. Yeah. Uh, oh, and. Uh, you know, we're independent contractors, which, you know, can, can be, we can, we can discuss the merits or drawbacks of that till the cows come home. Yeah. But the one thing you have to say is that you, you, you are an entrepreneur, right? And, and if you're an entrepreneur, you, you don't have to be good at everything. I, like I'm, I'm not a good editor, I, you know, I, but I have, I am a good producer. I can see in my mind's eye what I want something to look and feel like, but I don't have the technical skills, maybe, but I'll just find someone who does. Right. And then double down on your strengths. Sure. Which makes right. perfect sense. Right. Right. And it's just like, you know, just, just, you need a team, you know, it, it's all of this, uh, you know, the, the power, the, you know, the, the, the success we've had, it's a team. It's all, it's all, it's understanding like, this is, the, these are strengths, these are weaknesses, like, you know, this, this will set him off, this won't set him off, you know, and all yeah. this kind of thing. It's understanding personalities too, and it's navigating the whole thing. I, I always say that, 
I think the reason why, for the most part, our um, booking or creative, whatever we, we want to call it, is consistent and solid is because there's like a three-headed monster here. It's, there's Billy, who's very creative and very artistic with, you know, very sort of out-of-the-box. I mean, look at, you know, look at his life and career. It's like, Absolutely. you know, that's his, that's, his, that's his world, right? And then there's Dave, who's very television-oriented, very, and very much on, like, new media, very, very on the pulse of, like, what, what needs to, what, what certain things need to be covered in order to get eyeballs on it and get attention and, and obviously his own writing and creative background. And he kind of leans a little bit more towards like shtick, you know, and slapstick kind of funny kind of stuff a little bit. And then there's me with the very, with the very serious like wrestling, you know, booking 101 and the very like prize fight approach promoting sort of style. Uh, so those three influences sort of shape the overall yeah. variety of the show. Does that mean you have a job like a behind the scenes? Not, job? not officially. Okay. You know, like it's there's the, I'm not officially, you know, but I mean, because we're, we're, we're a we're a small team, you know, we're yeah. start, but but obviously, uh, considering the fact that the entire thing was sort of based off of a show about me. <laughs> Like, obviously, I'm kind of involved in the process. Right. And then when, when it comes to this stuff, it's like, you know, it's, it's, just a, it's, a, it's just a discussion. And I'm not the only one, you know, but I'm obviously, I'm trusted because, you know, because of my position. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Uh, what parts of Magnus did you have to drop to become Nick Aldis? I don't, I don't, I don't know, really... I don't think it was a case of dropping stuff. I think it was a case of um, allowing the rest of my stuff in because I felt like there was, there, you know, there was, and a lot of it, some of it's just experience too. It's just being green, but it's all, it was like learning to relax and everything. But I think, I, I don't know. I just think that for, for me to thrive and succeed, I needed to be authentic right i needed to i needed to feel like it was me talking right. because i feel like my own personality is so sort of um strong that it it influences anything i would do but i just always felt like well i'm i'm not me i'm playing a part i'm playing someone else mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it just didn't and i think that that you you know you when i you back and look at it it's like i just i just i just, i see a guy who just is uh, uh, you know, in black and white. <laughs> you know, he's not he's not fully in color yeah, yet. Okay. You know, it's not there's the it's because he's because he's just trying to he's trying to stay within all these boxes and parameters and stuff. And I once I just kind of went, well, I'll just I'll just do me. You know, like let's just see what happens. Right. What was it exactly that didn't work out the first time in TNA? What, why did you leave? Well. The reality is, is that, you know, when you get to that point um, in, a, in a business, in a company, that, you know, you're, if you're a top talent, you have to have a, a good, you have to have a good relationship with the office, with the, with the, with the boss. Sure. And my relationship with John Gaburik just unfortunately deteriorated. You know what I mean? It just, it just was like, I just, it was just an unfortunate set of circumstances. I, um... I, they they decided to sort of take a punt right with me almost uh at the same time that aj was leaving and they couldn't get the deal done and they you know and, and that was 
at the time just felt like a huge loss you know it felt and it felt like a real sort of spiritual part of the nwa had kind of been ripped away i'm sorry the nwa of tna and it then it then became i became like the poster boy for this dark period you know like and i just i could feel it instantly but i wasn't mature enough to know how to deal with that right so i instead of instead of kind of being like all right what should we do like how do we do this i just started kind of blaming everyone and you know and so i take i take full ownership of 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 the deterioration of the relationship because i didn't know how because I, i was put in this really difficult position with no with no experience of how to deal with that and no one to help. And I, I'll tell you the other thing I, at the time it was like, I just remember certain top talents. I just remember seeing for the first time, like, Oh, here's what time it is because suddenly all these guys who, you know, two years ago or a year ago had been like helping me out with this and that or giving it suddenly, suddenly they're all just kind of like, Oh, hey, you know, like, like, oh, wow. you know, and, and then, you know, and then I would hear him around the corner, like, you know, and I'd think like, wow, here's what time it is, you know, and again, I don't have the patience and yeah. I was too young and immature to know how to deal with that. I, mean, I was 27, you know what I mean? I was, and I was just, and so I just started, like, I just, I, I, I was too reactive and, it, and uh, I just, I mean, this is, people, all the guys who were my, my friends in TNA at the time, they they could vouch for this, but I was telling them when I was the champion there, like I'm out of here when my contract's up, like mm. I'm done, like I'm finished. I'm not. As the, as the champion. I was the world champion, and wow. I was going, I'm out of here when this when my contract's up. You know, I'm 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 done. I had like a, uh, I basically had a no cut contract. You know, at the time, like I had a basically they could only terminate it if I breached contract. So I knew I was, you know what I mean. I knew I was safe, but like. Once I saw, like, I was like, all that's going to happen here is, you know, it, it's just my value is just going to continue to slip. So I just, I was, I was saying then, like, I'm out of here. Like, I'll just go figure something else out. And unfortunately, that seems to be the story with a lot of people in Impact or TNA at that time. Just, yeah. I guess it's a management thing. I don't know. You know, I, he, he, he came in and, you know, managed to, get the position somehow um and then when he left he just went right back to wwe so what does that tell you i don't i, I don't know like it's I, who knows man i just i just remember it was just the it was such a mess there by then it would just become the 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 energy was all wrong you know it just it, it would just become really toxic but that is the place that you met mickey Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's obviously that feels like a lifetime ago. You know, like that that TNA. But that was the other thing about TNA. It was like every year it felt like a different place because they would bring in and because it was never they wouldn't change. They they would all they would do is change who the who was like in charge of creative or the the sort of the 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 next top person under Dixie the owner. Right. It was always like okay now Bruce Pritchard's in charge now Eric Bischoff is in charge now John Gaburik is in charge you know and it's all the other people were the same. Right. And it's like, that's the problem, guys. Like, <laughs> it's, your, it's the rest of it. It's like the guys who aren't pulling their weight promoting the live events. And it's like this guy and that, you know, and it was just, it was, it was a mixture of people who were just trying to get a payday versus, and, and, and a bunch of lifers who were just like, yeah, it's an easy gig, like go along to get along. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and then there's the talent going, ugh, like, Right. We've got a we've got a live event with Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle on it. Why is there three hundred people here? 
I was such a huge you know what I mean? TNA fan. Oh, I get it. Like, like that roster. Yeah. The roster, the TNA roster in like 20, 2012, 2013. Oh my God. So you're Samoa Joe, Sting, Hulk Hogan. AJ Styles. Yeah. Like <laughs> Kurt, like, you. oh my God. Like you, you know, you just, you, you, Bobby Roode, you can't, you can't. You can't turn your head without finding like a t- top level talent, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What What was the uh, What was the moment when you and Mickey obviously you met backstage? Mm. I'm guessing, but when was the moment where you went, ah, she's uh, she's pretty cool. <laughs> Not to uh, like I, you know I, I don't get too personal and mushy here, but obviously I knew who she was and I'd seen her on TV and everything and, and obviously identified like, Oh yeah, you know, but <laughs> yeah, uh, she's a very attractive sure, woman. Yes. Sure. And, but then when I, when I saw her in person, it was just totally different. You know, it, it was, it, I just, it was like, I, I was sitting there and she, she walked past and I, and I just, I just kind of forgot what the hell I was doing. You know what I mean? And Doug Williams was sat with me and he was just like, put your tongue back in your mouth <laughs> and uh and it just fortunately it was just one of those chemistry things like then because then she kind of noticed me and so this is a funny story i was i had to go do some promo pictures at tna and uh the way it was set up then was like lee south would do the photos and they it would he would be in the in the back end of the of the impact zone so you'd have to walk through the through the impact zone to get to the thing um and uh so i put my trunks on but like j- pretty much just just had like my trunks on and like and my like running shoes because it was just going to be like waist up shots right so and so like so i walk so they're all in the it's early in the day so and the, and mickey and lisa were in the ring like with al snow kind of like going over some of their stuff and i walked i was like walking around the ring and i just you know mickey's not subtle like she's loud you know so and she just i just heard her i get she you know I get sort of to the point where she obviously thought I was out of earshot and she goes, I'm a looking and I'm a lacking. <laughs> and I just like stopped and turned like, and I remember it, it, she, she obviously then she was like, Oh, Oh my God. You know, but then I, my favorite was just like Al Snow. Cause Al was just like, you know, <laughs> just like, Oh my God. <laughs> well, we'll never hear the end of it now, you know? And so, and so it was kind of like, after that, it was just kind of like, Hey, so, uh, you know, I love that you bring your son with you. So I, yeah. I saw you at a, a big event in New York yeah. and yeah. your son was with you there. He's with you here today. Yeah. Does he come with you all the time? Uh, not all the time, you know, but it, he comes to the, he comes to these tapings um you know for now uh he's come to every single one and it, it was you know some of the guys were talking to me about it and they it, they said it would almost feel weird if he wasn't here now you know like as soon as i got it like everyone says is donovan here you know and i'm like yeah he's here he's here you know you hear him before he's you a see him hundred percent you know story <laughs> of my life but like uh he he's um i i just i look at it as like I, I people ask us all the time. Obviously, oh, is he going to be in get in the business? I'm like, who the hell knows? He's five. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I, I just think of it as I like him being around. He, he. First of all, he's happy. He likes it here. That's so that's important. the most important thing, right? Like, yeah. if he was miserable, like I wouldn't drag him to this. I would just get the nanny. But he likes coming. They obviously, obviously, the guy, the folks at GPB are phenomenal. They're such a great partner for us, and you know, the company again given my sort of position 
you know they make some nice concessions for me and one of them is that you know we have a nice little room set up for him and you know because they understand that because of mickey's you know they dave's worked for wwe right so he understands that it's like it, it ain't as easy to just drag him to, to that is he, he so he's not as welcome at wwe no no, no it's not he's not welcome i don't okay. i don't i don't i want to make that clear he's okay. been and okay. and, and like from what i've from what i've heard like stephanie's great with him and you know like he's been on this he goes running down the ramp and he's on the set and, you know and all that stuff but you know it's not as easy to you, you can't do it all the time right sure. like it's okay. you know it would be a it, it would become a thing right so um but just the travel you know it's like they're, they're going oh, you know yeah. all over the place um so with here it's like but he's i I just i like the idea of for now he's getting to be around this energy because the energy here is great you've been here for a day now like you see it and you feel it it's like the energy here is so positive and so like just just it's just fostering this like this mentality of like it can be done like let's go out there and crush it and i I've, I mean, one, 100%, this is the most passion I've ever had for, for the business. And I'm 15 years in. So whether he decides he wants to be a wrestler one day or not, or whether he decides he wants to be a botanist, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I like the idea that he just gets to be around me at my most passionate and engaged so that he can understand Yeah, that's, you know that's what being a professional is like, like that's sort of like, I, I just think that I just, I'm a big believer that your environment really sort of helps you out in that, in that regard for the rest of your life. Which is why I would think that in 10 years, he'll start to be like, dad, I want to do what you're doing. Maybe, maybe. Or, or you know, he could go the complete opposite way and be like, well, yeah, well, look, my, my father was a, was a rugby player, but he was also a, a very well-regarded um, plant breeder, like plant breeding scientist. That's why you said botanist. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> it wasn't just a random. Yeah, yeah, yeah random. But like, I, you know, my dad used to take me to work with him because I used to love like, oh, cool, like big, like combine harvesters and tractors and this and that. But he was, he was like the boss. You know, he was sitting there. He was in an office most of the time. But he would go out in the field with the guys, and you know, because he loved like, because basically he, his his uh, his specialty was barley breeding. So obviously, there's okay. a big, you know very big commercial um, implications for that, you know, sure. so he would, so he'd be sought after, he'd have to go to Australia for, you know, and this and that to, to like, to basically figure out like when to plant and like what, you know, what soil and all this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but I became a pro wrestler, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't like, a, you know, it's, not, it's just whatever speaks to you. But I, but obviously I felt like I was, I was brought up in a good environment you know to sort of foster the the idea that like you know approach things with with professionalism and with you you know you you know engage your brain and really right. think about it and and get involved and get stuck in and I, when i told my dad i wanted to be a wrestler like my my mom was like what no please don't do that you know whatever but my dad was just like all right do it but just approach it professionally approach it like a professional right when yeah. you talk to your family back home do they think you've lost your accent yeah well they us, don't talk still about sound it like... they don't talk about it but they i know that it's there <laughs> i get it from fans all the time like what happened to your accent like, oh, sorry i've been here for like the majority of my adult life like uh, you still sound very british to yeah. the rest of us i think they don't live in the uk well and th- donovan's probably going to end up with the same accent you know oh, for you them. think well because he's 
but when you're a kid, you, you know, you just repeat what you hear. So he's going to, so I know I, I still say certain things with a British accent, but then there are certain things I say with an American accent. I know they have like an American inflection because I've been here so long. It's, you just get used to yeah. the ebb and flow of, of conversation. And as you can yeah. tell, I'm a very conversation oriented person. Like it. I'm very vocal, you know what I mean? I'm like my, very verbal, you know, in my energy. So it's like, has he started school yet? No, because that's no. where he'll. He did. So he he was in pre K. Uh, he's he's a September birthday. Okay. So, so he'll be he's, the oldest. Kid so, in the yeah. Class. So we we it was kind of one of those things where we went. Do we want him to be the youngest in his class or the oldest? And we right. said let's let's have him be the oldest. And it also meant that for a year, it's like he we he still goes to I still he still goes to different daycare stuff and things to you know to help uh, sort of nurture him and and you know obviously keep him stimulated and make sure he's up to date on stuff and i do a lot with him like we do abc mouse and he has his like phonics books and stuff with him today but um we, yeah we just we just say like well let, yeah for a year let's let him sort of just be around the stuff like this and yeah. you know like get some you know cool life experiences that you can't because once he's in school it's like he's going to be in school you know and so we just we just sort of made that decision that let's let's kind of hippie it for a year. He might have like a Tennessee accent if he's going to school in Tennessee. <laughs> I, I don't know. Who, <laughs> who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Uh, is there someone that uh, you'd like you to challenge for this belt? Is there someone that you, you would can't wait to have a match with? There are several, honestly. I mean, I know that I've said this before. I always, I've always felt like, to me, like the ultimate sort of culmination of this, this journey, and and you know, given this sort of historical context of all of it and stuff, would be Triple H. Sure, wow. At Starcade, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, here's a guy who clearly, especially if you go back and look at his stuff in the early two thousands, clearly was trying to replicate the 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 feel yeah and the and the presence and the aura of harley race and rick flair and you know dory funk jr and jack briscoe and guys like that and he achieved it very well for for a while you know he's 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 reinvented himself several times he's had different incarnations of his persona but that period it was like you could tell he was like this is what i wanted to be my whole life he wanted you know and he had flair with him you know and it's like evolution yeah and so um i've heard through the grapevine that he has a replica of the 10 pounds of gold in a in a case in his office i don't know if that's true or not i've heard that and it's like clearly he holds the the you know holds this in high esteem and you know and again i i know that it might seem that there's this sort of weird like bitterness or energy between you know negativity with me and WWE I have nothing but love for those guys right like they and 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 they and they have been very good to us actually like that you know we we have we there is quite a there's quite a steady communication between the NWA and WWE like um you know about various different things and it's like and it's very kind of positive and and again like like I say like when I if I go to stuff you know with, with Mickey or whatever so everybody there is cool everyone and everyone's watching the stuff you know like i mean man like just you you know when things are going good when when guys who like edge are happy to say it publicly mm. you know what i mean because he's said some nice very nice things to me privately but publicly he's endorsed the show so it's kind of like that means that he's 
not only enjoying the show enough that he wants to help, think, but it's also that he, he feels that the opinion is safe enough where people aren't going to go, that bullshit is terrible. You know what right, I mean? Like he's right. not, you know, and, and that's, a, you know, that's a real thing. And I know that he's, I'm not suggesting that he really cares that much about like getting, you know, trolled or whatever, but it's like, but I understand the mentality of it. It's like, it's kind of, if he's, he, you know, he kind of, he kind of knew if uh, he puts the NWO, he's, he's not going to get any, he's not going to get any blowback for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and, and like that, and that's when, that's where we know we've hit the sweet spot. I always joke that I've, I've, I'm, I'm one of the, I'm the only person who's been able to unite the opinions of Jim Cornette, Vince Russo, Eric Bischoff, you know, because like, <laughs> they, 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 I mean, they all philosophically like completely disagree. Meltzer, you know, Wade Keller, like but they all like the show they all and they're you know and they're and they're all digging what i'm doing so it's yeah. like that's you know again you take everyone's opinion with a pinch of salt but if you know if you're able to unite all these different schools of thought then that's what we're looking to do i really wonder if this match with triple h could happen why couldn't it only it the only reason people it couldn't. didn't think me and cody could happen because oh cody's in ring of honor oh what the oh, what what it, He's like, well, that doesn't work, you know. Like, me and Marty, they was like, well, how is that going to work, you know? Like, of course, it can happen. I think the only reason it couldn't happen is because WWE doesn't have these kinds of agreements with other companies. That's the only reason. The thing is, it doesn't need. It doesn't really need to be. Uh, it's, it's not like they have to work out some sort of long-term, huge sort of uh, set-in-stone agreement. It's just let's make a prize fight. You know what I mean? Would it happen? <laughs> Here in NWA, or would it happen in WWE? I for, see. For me, I always envisioned that it would be Starcade. If we were, gonna, you know, they own Starcade, they own yeah. the IP or whatever, and it's like, yeah. you know, I've seen the last couple and kind of thought that ain't Starcade. <laughs> yeah, not without like, this, right? It's yeah. uh, they, they, like what, 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 what about what makes this? What is the? How is this Starcade? Well, it's just the you know? name of another right. pay per view. Right? How is this? But it's not even a pay per view. They didn't even no, do a pay per view last right. time. And I said, like, how is this Starcade? You know, like, and again, I'm not, you know, whatever, right? Like, they're 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 free to do whatever they want with it. But it's like, do you not think there's a there's an opportunity there to make it really cool and special? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Well, we're putting it out into the ether now. I've 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 said it before. It's you out know, the world. Yeah. Well, it's, out it's probably having time. the opposite effect. But who cares? <laughs> I should have pointed this out at the start of the interview. But look, I'm a normal sized human, and look how <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, you're pretty. Yeah, you're pretty. You're getting. Thank there. you. I've I've worked yeah, out a few times before. There. But look at the size of like you're just so significantly wider than me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like uh, you know one of the funny things that I've seen a lot of feedback recently, and again I think it just it's just based on what the what the majority of the um sort of fair is in in wrestling now as far as sort of performers is like a lot of people just they see that they like the fact that like he just like a he's like big and meaty guy you, you, know? <laughs> you, have a, you have a very different build than you had when you were in tna sure and sure. this is like this is the old school a wrestler yeah 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 you, right like if 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 you told me, if I watched a clip of your match and said, oh, that was from 1983, I'd go, oh, yeah. I'd right, right. And it's like, don't get me wrong, I love bodybuilding I, I, and I love lifting weights. And I like, but at the same time, I'm also at a point in my life where I'm kind of going, I, I, just, I don't care if I have abs. Like, I, you know what I mean? I just, I don't <laughs> want, I, like, if they're there, great. If they're not, great. Like, Is that whatever. for like, you'd rather eat I'd rather be. Cake. I'd rather be, in, right, I'd rather enjoy my life and you know enjoy things in moderation and just be you know and like every don't get me wrong every now and then i might kind of go 
we're a little soft. You know, we might have to tighten things up for a little, for a few weeks. Right. But uh, it, it's. I've always, I've been through phases with TNA, you know, I went through phases where I would be like, okay, I'm going to get really ripped, you know, and then I would get, I would get really ripped and lean. And then I would look and it just, it didn't come across on TV, you know, it's like, cause big look works better on TV, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it's, it, you know, you, I, I just wanted to have sort of, all I want is like some, you know, full, I like fullness is the best way to describe it. Like good, like fullness, like rounded musculature, right? What do you weigh as you sit here right 250. now? 250. Oh my God. And what size suit is this? <laughs> it's custom made, man. Especially tailored for Nick H. Aldersinger. Okay. That's embroidered on the inside. Yeah. All my suits are custom too, but I put ridiculous phrases on the inside. Well, didn't we, did we try to do something in Miami? Yes. Yeah. That's well, so, so Miami, uh, that, that's actually the guy, there's a, there's a guy in Miami, Nazir, uh, he he's making my he's making my stuff now he's I'll, I'll show you the jacket downstairs it's Please. oh it's amazing like and he reached out to me based on he'd seen the show and was like the the my, I, have a, I have a red i have a red suit like a red sort of plaid uh suit and i i rocked it one day on one of the episodes of power and he he messaged me on instagram and was like this is a killer look he's like i'm a tailor like we have this same fabric actually like that's what caught my eye and blah blah oh, wow. blah and then he was like i want to make you know i'd love to make you a suit like and i i sent him all my measurements and like we did we i i took some pictures just wearing like a loose fitting uh shirt and everything like at his request and this this suit came and i kept thinking to myself how good is it really going to be like having not met this guy in person and as a and I, I swear to god this thing just like fell on you know what i mean it just that's- it just was like we were magic, you know, and I just went, wow. Like, and he's, yeah, he, he's fantastic. I'm, I could never go back to a suit off the rack now. Custom suits. Can't do it. it they completely change everything. Yeah. I want to thank you for making the time to do this. Oh, no, th- thank you. I think we've been talking about this for exactly one year. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed Mickey at the Royal Rumble that's last right. year. That's right, that's right. Yeah, and then you, and then she, she, uh, she texted me and said, hey, Chris Van Vliet wants to, I said, great, cool, yeah, because like, I'd, I'd seen that you were starting to build some momentum and get some, you know, and building some great numbers, and I was like, cool, that would be great, you know, like, be re- that would really help us out, you know, because I'd been doing like Sam Roberts and, Busted Open have been great to us, and all, yeah. you know a few other a few other good sort of big players in the in the wrestling media. And I was like, this guy's this guy's getting hot. Like that'd be great. And then we, and then we just couldn't kept sort of missing each other and not being able to make. Yeah, it, happen. it was just like we were never in the same place at the same time yeah. to make it happen. Except yeah. when I saw you in New York, I'm like, okay, we're gonna make this happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that was like two months ago. I saw you at the big event, and I'm yeah, like... Yeah, and I was had to in and out. Yeah, you were walking by. You're like, we're going to do an interview sometime. I'm like, I know we are. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, see, I had Donovan with me that day because yeah, right. because um, I had been... I had flown... I'd, I had been in England. I'd, I had to, And that's why he was with me, because we'd been in England. Um, and just the way that it had worked, I had... I basically... Um, that, that kind of book's kind of last minute. And so I already had these other travel plans so i was went okay i can do it but you'll have to i'll have to come straight from england and i'll have to have donovan with me and then and i and ideally i'd like to fly out that night you know so i can get home because i've been gone for like two weeks at that point yeah and uh so yeah that's why he was with me (laughs) the 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 line that you had though for photos and autographs was huge and i yeah and i imagine that ever since power started you started to see that ramp up there was yeah the the um the the metrics are quite quite obvious yeah like the the uh 
you know, I used to notice how long Marty's line was, mm-hmm. you know, at different stuff, right? And I would think like, man, that's, you know, that's, he's, that's really impressive. Like, you know, and I don't mind it be okay, you know, it'd be, a bit, it'd be the same as everyone else's, like, you know, a few deep. And then at the big event, it was like, me and Marty had the longest lines, you yeah. know, it was like, yes, yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, did, I, I signed solid for, th- for three hours solid. I could no, no, no stops. Yeah. Before we wrap it up, can I, can I hold this? Absolutely. What? Oh my goodness. That feels like it weighs about 10 pounds. I think it's more than 10 pounds. I think it's the, I think the, I think the, maybe the metal is 10 pounds, you know, then the leather adds some more, but this is incredible. It's, I'll tell you what, I've, from, from day one with and the this NWA is my country. So great. I know they, we need a, we need a, we need a UK plate on there. The, um, you know, I had, I had the TNA world championship, you know, and obviously like when I would go back to England, like my niece and nephew and stuff would be like, Oh, cool. The belt, you know, whatever. But this one is the only belt I've ever had that adults are like, do you have the belt with you? Can I? You know, like like guys in the dressing room. Of you know course. what I mean? Like, can I? You know, like because because it's it, yeah, it's, it's it's an iconic thing. Like that's an asset. Like we we, oh. we joke about that, like that's the asset. Like it's one of the main assets of the company. And somehow I'm holding it right now. But there so I will go. give it back to your very safe and capable hands. And I just want to thank you so much for your time. Hey, no, thank you. Man. I appreciate you. And uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. It's been such amazing, so amazing to watch this. Yeah, we're, just, we're just getting started. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Oh, man, what a chat with the National Treasure. Thank you so much for checking this out. Thank you for listening all the way until the end. Take a screenshot. Tag me. Tag Nick Aldis on Instagram or Twitter. I love reposting those. I love retweeting those, sharing those. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And this interview with Nick is one of seven interviews that I did in Atlanta last weekend. Follow me on Instagram at Chris Van Vliet so you can make sure to find out who those other interviews are with. I always post little teasers or I just flat out say, hey, my next interview is with so-and-so. So make sure you're following me on Instagram to find out about that. I-, I loved his story about meeting Mickey James. And I think that we all know the person he's referring to when he says someone with a lot of power in WWE doesn't want him there. Hmm. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Love that quote. So, you know, Thursday's my regular podcast day. So this is like, I guess, a little bonus. We're not calling it a bonus episode, but I have so many interviews that if I just put out one a week, we would be deep into 2021 releasing some of these ones. I mean, as the year goes on. So, yes, Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time, whatever time that happens to be in the time zone that you live in. I guess that's 5 o'clock if you're on the West Coast. That's the middle of the day if you live in the U.K. And, well, that's almost bedtime if you live in Australia or New Zealand. But 8 a.m. Eastern time, that's when my new interviews drop every single Thursday. Make sure you subscribe for those ones. We will see you on Thursday.